And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Keith Law. This is episode 87 of the Keith Law Show. Going to go short on the intro today because we got a long conversation. Talk to my longtime friend Chris Crawford about the Oscars. They're coming up this Sunday. He and I both love movies. We both try to see as many of the Oscar nominees as we can. I think he's ahead of me, but since I finally saw all 10 Best Picture nominees, I felt qualified to at least have this conversation. No, we are not professional critics. We're just guys with opinions. Uh, if you are a subscriber to The Athletic, I had a number of posts over the last week reacting to, I think, all the major trades and a couple of the free agent signings that took place uh, right after the lockout, including the trades of Matt Olson and Matt Chapman. If there are other big trades, I will react to those. I'll react to some of the signings as well, but it's also baseball season, and I'm hoping to get out to Arizona in a couple of days to do some more in-person scouting. Now it is my pleasure to be joined by my friend and old podcast partner, uh, Chris Crawford of NBC Sports Edge. You can follow him at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. He covers baseball, particularly prospects, but all baseball and college football for NBC Sports Edge. And like me, he just really likes movies. And we, a couple of years ago, did a few podcasts uh, just leading into the Oscars where we tried to see everything we could, all the Oscar nominees. Mm -hmm. I think, Chris, you are currently ahead of me, but that's okay. I've been playing some catch up recently, but we are going to talk about the Oscars and who we think is going to win and should win and where they screwed up. Because of course, we as two non-professional critics have all the answers. Yeah, you better believe we've got all the answers. Um, thanks for having me. I'm excited to do this. We we uh, we did uh, like three in a row and then we had to take a pause. And honestly, it was best that we took a pause for 2021 because like the 2020 movie season was a very difficult oh one uh, to, to, to get everything in. Uh, I ended up getting it in like at the very last moment, but uh, this year I saw way too many movies. So I'm ready to uh, ready to discuss. Do you know how many you've seen from, from the 2021 cycle? Oh boy. I would guess something like 150, something, something along oh my that God. line. Could, Good for you. I mean, look, it, it, if I don't have, I don't have children. I have two dogs that are potty trained. I have <laughs> the ability to just kind of um, take my time. And when I'm uh, when I'm doing my writing or something like that, I can put on a movie. I I don't I don't know how you are, Keith, but I struggle doing the if I'm watching a new movie, I really try not to do writing or anything like that because I really want to pay close attention to it. But sometimes it's um the movie's not so great. Yeah. It's better to just kind of start. Oh, we're going to talk about at least more. one of those. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good to me, sir. <laughs> Why don't we start with uh, we'll start with the acting category? So, for just for listeners, cool. the way Chris and I have generally done this past, we'll run through seven or eight of the categories. I think there's enough to talk about this year. We're just going to do the acting categories, directing, 
and Best Picture. Uh, but we may comment on some of the others as we go. I think that's probably inevitable, actually. And there's Sounds one good. other I do want to talk about, Flea, which I actually still haven't seen, but I know that you have, um, because that has made history even through its three nominations. And I think it's worth uh I uh, would love to at least get your thoughts on that. So why don't we start with the acting sure. categories? And I will give my, just before uh, asking your opinion, just give my major problem this year, which is I believe seven of the 10 nominees for Best Actor and Best Actress are for people portraying real, actual people, right? They're just impersonations. Mm-hmm. Now I'm counting Macbeth, right? King Macbeth was an actual king of Scotland, Right. My, you could argue that's maybe not quite the same. If he's doing an impersonation, we don't really know. But that just seems to be the thing, right? If you want to get an Oscar nomination, you one of your best ways to do it is to just portray a real person. And hopefully with the help of makeup and prosthetics and hair, you can look like that person. So I just think that has kind of colored my opinion of these categories as a whole. And it certainly skews who I think should win these things. Um, but we'll start, let's start with best actress. Uh, we have Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, the great Olivia Coleman for the lost daughter, Penelope Cruz for parallel mothers, which I think was the one surprise for me, Nicole Kidman mm-hmm. for being the Ricardos and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. So why don't you tell me who you, who you like to win, who you think will win. I know you pay a lot of attention to the odds in these categories sure. and who you think should win. And was there's anybody you thought was really snubbed for this category? Um, I don't know if there was a huge snub. I think, um, I think one of the things that surprised me the most was actually Kristen Stewart getting nominated mm-hmm. because she was considered the favorite for a very long time, like a significant favorite. And then she just wasn't getting nominated. And of course, there's probably some shenanigans with her not getting a BAFTA nomination, playing the Princess of Wales. Good point. You have to wonder if there was something else going on there. Um, Lady Gaga was also considered a strong contender for this. I'm all due respect to Lady Gaga, who I think is absolutely fantastically talented and carried um, a star is born as yes. good as Bradley Cooper is. That, I mean, just an absolute, literally a star was born as she was obviously a star before, but an acting star was born before. She was not great in House of Gucci. It, it, it was, it was again, another person playing another person. I, I think the winner is going to be Jessica Chastain for Eyes of Tammy mm. Faye. I, I, I th- this is so this is an interesting year for it. A lot of times when we get to this point of the year, we have significant favorites for actor and actress. We've got one for actor now, but for a while it was kind of neck and neck. It is wide open between the five. The, the betting odds are anywhere from betting $100, $150 to $100, which makes their uh, a favorite, but not like prohibitive, prohibitive favorite for Chastain. But all five of these people have a little bit of shot. I honestly think Penelope Cruz should win. I think it's the best performance that I saw from an actor or actress this year, I would say. Um, she has no shot. She is the one person that we were talking uh, to take everything I just said. She's she's the one person I think that doesn't have a shot of winning this. But I think the fact that it's an original performance and it's so believable and uh, just hits the nail on the head the whole time through. The Eyes of Tammy Faye movie is, it's literally, okay, great. The, the makeup made her look like her for a lot of the movie. She, Jessica Chastain is a very talented actress. Yeah. I don't think that's a best actress winning performance. Kristen Stewart is terrific in a terrible That movie. is such a bad movie. We can, oh, it's actually near the bottom. I've only seen 30 odd movies yeah. from last year. Sure. And it's, yeah. I think, second from the bottom on my list. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a great movie. I was honestly surprised. 
Rotten Tomatoes disagrees with us very much. But I will say the one thing about it's like it's like 90%, but there's a lot of two and a half out of four star reviews for this thing. And it's a lot of it is carried by the score is very good. Mm-hmm. And Kristen Stewart is very good. Yeah. I, there's no denying that. But I would guess that just because Chastain appears to have the momentum that she takes this, but um, I would not be surprised if it ended up being Kristen Stewart, just because it seems to have played better in America than it did overseas for performance anyway. I yeah. personally of these five, um, you know, to me, it's Coleman and Cruz are at the top above sure. the three impersonations. Stewart was very good. I think Chastain was basically just doing the makeup and a, and a really annoying, although somewhat accurate voice. Uh, yes. And Kidman actually kind of the same thing, just rocking an accent. Right. And that's absolutely. Like, okay. Sure. And I mean, the one thing I'll say for being the Ricardos is it's Sorkin. It's entertaining and it's too long. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, a, like any movie he writes and directs too. you just, you know exactly what you're getting, but the movie just at least hummed along because there's so much dialogue and there's some funny moments, but then at the end, you're like, that was empty calories. Um, to me, the one person who was snubbed and I, you know, we never know how close anybody came to get, getting a nomination, but uh, Renate Rainsve for The Worst Person in the World, because she is that movie. Great. Yep. Great call. Yeah, she absolutely deserved it over, I would say, over Kidman or Chastain. I wouldn't necessarily argue against Stewart, because I think you're right. If Without I mean, Kristen Stewart is the entire movie, and her performance is great in a really, really bad, unfortunate mess of a movie. Yeah. But Rainsve yeah. is, like, the movie's been acclaimed. Uh, the worst person mm-hmm. in the world, which for folks who don't know, it is the uh, it's also nominated for best international feature film. It is Norwegian. Uh, we actually saw it. My wife and I saw it in a, our local art theater just a nice. week or so ago. Yeah, which was great. They've been running through several of the nominees. Parallel Mothers has been there. Uh, Drive My Car has been there several times, which is we saw that one at home. That's we can we'll talk about that in a minute. Three hours in a movie yeah. theater is probably a bit much for me. Um, I just don't have the uh, the patience to sit still for that long. But no judgment here. You no, know, was she's so good. She's so she's compelling. Great. And I had some issues with her. I think I like that movie less than most people. But she's mm. amazing. And she, nice. if she's not what she is, that movie doesn't work. And I would actually give her even a little bit of an edge over Cruz, who is great and funny thing. I saw Parallel Mothers. Uh, myself in that art theater and as i'm walking out uh there are people who are probably closer to my parents age all commenting on how good penelope cruz looks and saying does she just not age it is kind of true right she looks it's true. i looked it up i'm like Phenomenal. oh my god she's reasonably close to my age and she definitely wow. does not look it at all Jeez, that's i but i think you, that's a great point she's so good in that movie i think a lot of people maybe get thrown off by the title of that film yes, and think that it's which going isn't to be her. A, no, it's not at all. No, she is she is far from the worst person in the world. She's just someone who is going through like yeah. life. Like it, it's it's uh it's I imagine the title maybe plays better in in Norway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, like in a different language it's it's almost like it's not quite an ironic title, but it's like I just loved that movie and it was also it's worth pointing out that this is a film that got nominated for best screenplay as well, which you do not see a lot of international features uh, getting multiple nominations in other categories. We'll talk about uh, a few that uh, have uh, nominations in a bunch of categories, but that 
just to like not on a tangent, just speaks to how strong the international class was this year. Do you think it has any shots? It's best original screenplay. And I think it is the only one. It's like the odd one out for that category. If I remember correctly, it's Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, right? So four movies nominated for best picture and then the worst person in the world. And I wondered if this was yeah. one of those, like, you're not winning Best International. Like, that's just not no. a thing. We already know what's winning that category. Do they right. throw it a bone for Best Original Screenplay? Or are they doing that somewhere else? Like, does Belfast get that? Or Licorice Pizza? Because, well, Belfast might win Best Picture. Licorice Pizza, I think, has no chance to win Best Picture. Right. Yeah. And I would still say that the thing that Licorice Pizza is going to win is, I think this is Paul Thomas Anderson's award. Like, I, I just think oh, for director? that- for uh, excuse me, for best original. Oh, for best original. I, th- I, th- gotcha. yep. I think I think I think that that PTA has just got this. It's he's been a guy who's been nominated for a lot. He's not quite the Stu- Susan Lucci type thing, but he's a guy who has been. <laughs> the streak you know, is uh, over. <laughs> yeah, We're old. Exactly. I bet you a lot yes. of people listening are like, "What? Who? Uh, we Google it. We, we like just Google it. We like to we like to make people Google as That's much true. as possible. Yes. But yeah, I th- I think PTA has that one locked up. Um, one of the one of the nominations for best original screenplay is probably my least favorite movie of the year, and don't look up. Oh, we're getting um, to that. We'll, we're saving which that we'll one. get to, which we'll get to for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it would be cool to see worst person in the world. I wouldn't like throw a, a tissy fit about this. I won't throw a tissy fit about any of this. <laughs> but um, I do think that Licorice Pizza um, is so was so hailed, and I think finished like it's going to be this movie that finished like third on everybody's top right. ten list. That I think that this is going to be that award that they end up giving yep. it. I, I am going to throw a tantrum if Don't Look Up wins Best Picture. I'm just going to tell you that <laughs> That's right fair. So, That's fair. All right, so let's talk about Best Actor. So again, we have technically four people playing real, play, impersonating real people, if you count Denzel Washington for Tragedy of Macbeth, which I liked. Um, I never wrote about it because honestly, I felt stupid. I'm like, it's, it's Shakespeare. What the hell do I have to say? And it's a very <laughs> spare, it's authentic, except obviously they cut it down, but it's just like, the, the the production there is just no we're, we're doing the play the play's the thing right we're just gonna be i know it's wrong shakespeare but we're just gonna do this as simple as possible and i, I thought it was really effective um he is nominated javier bardem in being the ricardos benedict cumberbatch in power of the dog andrew garfield in tick tick boom which i will at least give him points yes he is playing a real person but that was written by the real person originally so right. I'm kind of okay with that. And then Will Smith and King Richard, who I think for a while, you tell me if this is true, but at least early on it was, oh, he's winning this. Yeah. So this is interesting because if you would have had, if we would have recorded this podcast on Boxing Day, sorry, that I guess that's a holiday everywhere else. Um, that would have we have said, an international audience, Chris. It's okay. Yes. Great. Great. Awesome. Uh, Will Smith on Boxing Day, I would have said is a lock to win this. Yep. If we would have recorded this on Valentine's Day, I would have said Benedict Cumberbatch is a lot to win this. Mm-hmm. And now I'm back to Will Smith as being a formidable favorite in winning this award, um, just because of how everything has gone with the previous awards. The BAFTAs are usually a very telling thing. He ended up taking that home. Cumberbatch, to me, is the best performance of these five, mm-hmm. um, partially because he's not playing a real person. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just kind of tired of the biopics. I, you, they're, they, they're good for money and they're, they're um, a chance for actors to do their replication. I'm sure they enjoy that. I like original characters. I, <laughs> I call me USA characters. Welcome, man. I, I, I like the, uh, 
I like seeing something that is uh, can be have a little more broad strokes. And I thought Benedict Cumberbatch is terrific. I will say that the if if I was voting, none of these five people would win. And my award for best actor would go to Anthony Ramos for In the Heights because I thought he had the best performance of the year by far. I think he is the the talent that he shows with like his singing and all of that stuff. But there is real emotional depth in that performance as well. Um, I think Usnavi is one of the most interesting characters that I've seen on the screen in a couple of years. I was not shocked that it didn't get nominated because it came out in April and, or excuse me, it came out in June. I'm sorry, but that's still, yeah, but it's forever ago. Yeah. That's it's it's forever ago. And you know, it's just, unless you're that, that super duper star performer, the chances of you getting nominated for a movie that comes out in summer flick and honestly tanked. It, it did not do well at the box office did very well with critics, but obviously forgotten about, but I thought Ramos was the best performance here. Um, Javier Bardem getting a nomination here is just nuttier than squirrel turns um, to me, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, and Javier Bardem again, terrific actor who has done some very good movies and some very bad movies. The counselor is one of my least favorite movies of all time, but <laughs> It's it's all it's such a mess, dude. Um, but I will say that um, I am totally fine with Will Smith winning. His, it, I think he gives his best performance of his career. I would lean Cumberbatch of the five, but I don't have an issue with Will Smith taking this home. I would of the five. I would vote Cumberbatch. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Will Smith was very good, but again, yeah. it's an impersonation. And to me, that's point, that's points off for me. That immediately is points off for me because it is so hard. And it's not that I would never vote for someone. I actually thought Renee Zellweger in Judy, another bad, but it's a bad movie. Um, yes. Like, I think at the time I said, yeah, that's fine. She deserved it. She was good. But also she was doing an impersonation. To me, it detracts from my from my watching the performance. It makes me, am, am I really watching acting, right? Or am I just watching somebody do a two-hour impersonation? But right. for me, the best... Uh, performance, I think, of the year by an actor, again, not nominated, was Simon Rex in Red Rocket, Mm. where he's horrible and he's so good at being horrible. That's a terrible person. He might be the worst person in the world. (laughs) Yeah. And he (laughs) is so good at it. Um, It also includes, you know, this was the year where to get Oscar nominations or even consideration, you had to have a scene of somebody running. Um, we had many of those. His scene running <laughs> yes, might be do. the funniest. I won't say why. That is yeah. pretty funny. Uh, oh, yeah. He's great. That movie's great. It is available to rent on streaming now. I highly recommend it. It is. He is just a terrible person. He's not a lovable rascal. Um, he's charming, but in the worst way. And it is. It's, it's a great movie. And Susanna San, who plays the, who's the lead actress in the movie, is a revelation. I think she's going to be a star. Absolutely. Uh, for folks who watched, who've seen the Florida project, which was not my number one movie of, I think it was 2018. Uh, it's Sean Baker, the same director, same co-writer. And this was apparently he'd been working on something else, scrapped another project and kind of did this one on a dime. And it is so good. And I didn't even know who Simon Rex really was. My wife remembered him from his days as an MTV personality. And this is not his first film role, but his first significant or even remotely serious film role. And he's so good in it. And you just, yeah, you, he he's hateable. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That's something that like that, that type of thing just doesn't get Oscar no- nominations. It, it just doesn't. And that's frustrating. And that's one of the problems with, I think, the Academy Awards 
the the last hateable character I think uh, that I can think of winning was Heath Ledger for his Joker portrayal. I yeah. I guess that Joaquin Phoenix and his Joker portrayal was kind of hateable too, but I just try to forget that. I and he was more pathetic. So much. Like yeah, stuff, there you right? go. Yeah, yeah. By, we we by, had a run way, where like Ledger yeah. won and Bardem won for just right. Didn't he win for? Uh, no country for old yeah, men. Serial yeah, killer. That's, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. yeah, that's that's a, that's a good. It was too. just like pure um, evil, right? Which by, you know, I actually have not seen. I've read the book. I read the book. I was like, yeah. I don't think I need to see that movie. Which is oh, you know my God. loss, I'm sure. But there's certain yes. movies where I, I'm like, I, there's plenty of other movies to see, right? I'm I, you, yeah. You you pick and choose. So yeah, I wish I did more picking and choosing. To be completely honest with you, um, by the way, Sean Baker, Tangerine, his first movie is a an absolute must watch as well. Yeah. Um, he is probably my favorite filmmaker right now because red rocket was just unbelievably good um and florida project project we both raved about uh during that podcast as well but yeah that's that's a good call i would definitely nominate simon rex over uh four of these five i think it's um Mm -hmm. and then andrew garfield's performance just real quick it's like yeah he i will give him some credit because i think he's playing more of an idea of a character than a straight Mm -hmm. up straight up imitation type of thing. And, yes. you know, I, I give people credit. Imitation is hard work, but I, I watch a lot of these movies. We I've talked about this on every single one of these podcasts that we've done is I will watch a performance. And this was especially true with Gary Oldman for his performance in uh, Darkest Hour. As Winston, yeah, Darkest Hour as Winston Churchill. Oh, yeah, God. but I, I watch these movies and I think that is Gary Oldman doing a Winston Churchill impression. Yeah. Like I very rarely get lost in a character. You know what I mean? Where you actually forget that the actor is doing the impression. And that's the same thing that's true for me for Jessica Chastain, as good as the makeup was in that performance mm-hmm. as like to make her look like a, a version of that character. I never forgot. It was Jessica Chastain doing a impression like Benedict Cumberbatch performance in power of the dog. You don't obviously you're not because he's not playing a real character, but you get lost in that character. You mm-hmm. forget that it's Benedict Cumberbatch making a doing uh, an acting performance. You just get kind of lost in that. And that's what I want to see from my acting nominations. I don't just want to see. I'm sorry. Who's the guy who does the John Madden impersonation that everybody loves about? And they think it's so hilarious. Um, Caliendo. Frank Caliendo. Yeah, Cali- yeah, yeah. yeah. In all due respect to that guy. Well, it's like Rich Little, right? Those are impersonations. Yeah. That's a that's a separate skill, but it's not acting. Or Kevin Pollack. Like those guys, their impressions of people are great, but just doing a reference to something is not good acting. I'm sorry. And again, Will Smith, a good performance, and he's going to win. I think he, like he's a minus 1,000 right now, so you need to bet 1,000 bucks in order to win 100. It's just not a it's not like an elite tier performance, whereas if Cumberbatch won or if Simon Rex won or if Anthony Ramos won, I think you could more justify those being the performances that I want to remember. You know, one other thing, last thing I'll I'll say on this category is that Garfield, he's impersonating somebody we don't know, right? Jonathan yes. Larson died before he was even remotely point. famous. It's very different, I think from Chastain, Kidman, you know, even to some extent, Will Smith, the person he's uh, portraying is still alive. And we saw him on TV a lot. He was not famous for himself. Obviously, he's famous because of his daughters, but he was on camera enough that we can Mm -hmm. also connect the impersonation to the actual person. Whereas that is not true in Garfield portraying Jonathan Larson. 
Obviously also not true in the case of Macbeth, which is why I'm being slightly facetious when I include Denzel Washington in the impersonation sure. yeah. uh, part. Um, I do recommend, but uh, Tragedy of Macbeth is on Apple TV Plus if you have that. It's solid. Right. It's, it's worth seeing. Um, I'm actually a little disappointed that my daughter, uh, who's in high school, is not doing that play this year. Um, oh. Because I did it in ninth grade. Um, I think my wife said she also did it in high school. And... Um, I'm hoping my daughter does it at some point because it's right here, right? It's here. It is. Here's here's the play, a two hour version of the play. You can watch a very good, uh, very faithful adaptation. In addition to you know, obviously what you read, and of course she's not reading it. God forbid. I have to. I'm going <laughs> to write a letter, write an angry letter to the powers that be. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, let's run through. So the, the supporting actor categories are, I, I think they're also very interesting. They tend to get obviously a lot lower billing. Um, we'll start with actress. So Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, a surprise to me, but very happy to see that. Love that movie. Love her. She's been great in multiple things. She was great in Wild Rose. She was great in Beast. Um, she was actually pretty good in a thankless little role in Judy as well. Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Judy Dench for Belfast. Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and Anjanu Ellis for King Richard. Um, I'm just going to say, what the hell is Judy Dench doing in this category? I am so confused how Dench gets the nomination over Balfi. Right. And I, I just don't get it. It's, she was it's, right there. It's the same it's, movie. It's, yeah, you watched the same I, movie and you picked the wrong one. Honestly, this is the closest thing to me that um, – the Oscars doing a Golden Globes type thing where you're nominating the, the, the it's it's not so much about the fame. It's about the honoring of Judy Dench, who is a otherworldly actress. She's it's already given, won. But, she, but she's been and she's on the screen for like four and a half minutes or something. Yeah, well, like basically, that like total. just like when she won for Shakespeare in Love, at least then she was playing the queen. You're like, OK, fine. <laughs> yeah, it's they just, just put a bad wig on her and, and gave her an Oscar nomination. It, I just don't get that decision because Balfey or entire uh, movie, it, it's um, a movie that I liked a lot more than that. We'll probably talk about that point in betting on anybody else. And I don't have an issue with it. The movie is not great for me. I, I think um, it's a beautiful movie, but it's an unnecessary movie. It just doesn't really serve a, a purpose. I, I don't know why we're watching it, but I was glad I saw it just for DeBose's performance. She's a star and apparently has been very good on uh, Broadway things before this. Um, I have zero issue. Kristen Dunst is very good as well. Mm -hmm. um, that whole cast is. It's so surprising to me, by the way, real quick, Power of the Dog has all these great performances. 
How was that not nominated for a Screen Actors Guild Award for Best Ensemble? Yeah, like, I, I don't, don't get, I don't, I just don't know how that could be possible because there were other people nominated. It wasn't, it can't be that it wasn't eligible. Like, what was missing from that cast to suggest that it wasn't, um, wasn't wasn't eligible or wasn't worthy of a nomination because there's the acting carries that movie uh, there's some beautiful cinematography too but you need the performances for that movie to work uh Angenu ellis i think is just fine in king richard uh buckley is a star i i, I love so uh, you you <laughs> brought her to my attention she's she's really really good and i really liked uh the lost daughter a movie that just missed my top 10 um but if you're looking at uh, who's going to win, if anybody but Ariana DeBose wins, is a it is that 16 beating the one. The snub for me here, and it's just the whole movie was snubbed. Uh, Ruth Nega for passing. Passing is, we'll do our top 10s at the end. Passing is in my top 10. I am so mad at yep. Netflix for just completely dropping the ball on. Passing should have gotten Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, probably should have gotten two acting nominations. I would say Nega was better than Tessa Thompson, but they're both so great. And sure. this, if this was going to get a single nomination, this would have been it. And when you, if you just told me Ruth Nega did not get a supporting actress nod, I would have been like, I would have said, or I would have guessed passing probably just got shut out completely. And that is unfortunately what happened. Yeah, that was, I was, I was a disappointing thing for me as well. And I thought she had some momentum. I would say the, Biggest snub for me, actually, from there mm -hmm. would be Ann Dowd for her performance um, in in mass. Uh, in, in mass. I, oh, I mean, so good. She, so good. That is a movie that got no attention and I, I believe got completely shut out from here. Yep. Um, I would definitely watch it. It's I think it's stronger in the first half than it is in the second half, but it is still well worth watching. Terrific performances uh, all the way through. Um the type of movie that the Oscars just loves to snub though, because yep. it just doesn't have the big set pieces. It's literally one set. So yep. um, it is, uh, but yeah, I think Anne Dowd is phenomenal in it. I certainly would have nominated her over, over Dame Judi Dench and mm -hmm. uh, honestly that, over that damn Judi Dench yes. and, and over uh, Angenou Dallas with all due respect. Cause she's very good. Alice is it. good. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's, it's a smaller role. Like my very knock on Ellis there would just be, she doesn't have a whole lot to do and that's mm -hmm. not on her that's on the script a hundred percent yeah um all right let's talk at supporting actor and hold on i lost track of my ballot here oh there we go okay uh karen hines for belfast uh troy kotzer for coda jesse clemens for the power of the dog cody smith mcphee for the power of the dog and jk simmons for being the ricardos um to me simmons is he's great again what is he, what why why this yeah. the, that made no sense to me it also seems like there's zero chance that he's going to win um whereas like if judy dench won best supporting actress i'd be low-key mad about it uh, yeah. but i wouldn't be 100 percent surprised you know there are people who are going to vote for her because they're yeah. like oh well that's judy dench i'm just gonna vote. Sure. she was so good in you know this movie 15 years ago i'm gonna vote for her yeah it, it would make more sense again as like a lifetime achievement award but again she's She's got plenty. She's doing just yes. fine. This one is down to Kotzer and Smith McPhee. It looked like Smith McPhee was a prohibitive favorite, but Kotzer has won pretty much everything ever since. And I mm -hmm. don't have an issue with it. He is terrific. And I think that He's movie, great. it's a flawed film. Like it's not like a, a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, 
but it's made it's elevated by the performances and Kotzer's performance in particular is so good. Uh, I would have no issue with that. I would have no issue with Smith McPhee winning either. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I, w- I, I look forward to seeing what's next from him. Um, I think he gives a really solid performance, um, a, a big reason why that movie works. Again, I know it's nominated for in like every dang category, but I don't think it works without the performances. Uh, Clemens is, is very solid as well. Hines to me, Again, I, I, I think that this is just throwing Belfast some nominations, knowing that what was once the favorite to win the best picture, like a prohibitive favorite, like a favorite among favorites. Which I do not understand at all. Uh, we'll talk I, about that in a moment. Sure, absolutely. But yeah, it's it's going to be either Kotzer or McPhee. And if you were um, looking at the betting odds, it's Kotzer by a, a not insubstantial amount. So for best, oh, was there a snub for that category? There wasn't really a big one for me. I just went and double checked my list and I, I didn't have an obvious. I snub. would say that this is actually one of the weakest best supporting actor like groups that I can remember from yeah, a while. That's fair. A lot of times, a lot of times I look the most forward to best supporting actor and best supporting actress because they are um, the necessary. They 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 kind of make good movies into great movies, and I don't yeah. see anybody here that really turned a good movie in, into a great movie. All due respect again to these guys, as if they're listening to me, and all of a sudden going to come in. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of off the cuff, and just to have a name too. It's Mike Feist from uh, West Side Story. Plays or, Riff in West Side uh, Story. Yeah, who is absolutely. So much better than Ansel yeah. Elgort. You know, yes, this is the problem. 100%. My wife and I ended up having a long debate, and you know she doesn't like Elgort either. We both agreed. She's like, but Feist doesn't look the part of Tony. That's probably a big part of how they cast it. He right. actually looks more the part of Riff. It really works. And Feist also has great history. He originated uh, Connor, the role of Connor in Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway. He's got a long history on the stage. He owns the screen. The problem that one of the many problems I had with West Side Story, which I think, again, was fine but when those two men are on the screen you're looking at riff and you're supposed to be looking at tony yes yeah that's a great call um i will say the one that i was very nervous about getting nominated and i i like ben affleck but if ben affleck would have gotten nominated for the tender bar i oh, would yeah. have i mean uh, it. it's it's not worth watching it's, that's what everyone uh, says yeah. yeah it's it's i'm like ben affleck isn't bad in it but he certainly didn't deserve a best supporting actor nomination. The the nominations that he did get were the definition of I want Ben Affleck to be in front of my sure. TV or be on right on our broadcast. Uh, so let's jump to best director. So all five of these were also nominated for best picture. Now we've with five nominees for best director, ten for best for best best picture. I think the and I think we've seen some severance of the two categories. It used to be if you didn't win Best Director, you weren't winning Best Picture. If you weren't nominated, et cetera. I don't know that that's true anymore. However, we do have five Best Picture nominees in Best Director. There's Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson for Liquor's Pizza, Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, and some guy named Spielberg for West Side Story. It's like some <laughs> new up-and-comer type. Can you spell that for me? I want to Google it. P- spiel oh it's like a spiel? game he must must be a board game thing oh, is wait, there is there different. an umlaut over any of those i want to yes sure over that. the okay. p <laughs> okay gotcha yes <laughs> so uh my assumption all along was that jane campion was going to win this because she was deserving and i think there was some sense too right we've had one 
woman ever win to be- to win Best Director, Catherine Bigelow, uh, before last year, right? Chloe Zhao was second. I think so. I think that's right. And so there's definitely a sense of, oh, this is, by the way, multiple women who should have been nominated. Rebecca Hall could have been nominated for Passing, for example, yes. or Maggie Gyllenhaal for The Lost Daughter, and they were also snubbed. So I'm not saying Campion wasn't deserving, but I think there was also, hey, she's really deserving and also we should have more women nominated in this category. More women should be winning in this category. And then she put her foot in it yeah, at the Critics' Choice Awards. And she did that right before voting opened. I don't know if that matters. It was pretty gross. Uh, her derog- really derogatory comments, I thought, towards the Williams sisters. At the very, the kindest thing you could say is they were incredibly tone deaf. Um, do you think she still wins this category? I do, but it really made things a little more interesting. Now, it hasn't made more, things more interesting in Vegas. She's still negative 3,000, which means that oh, she's got bet, you've got to bet 3,000 bucks to win 100. Spielberg is 12 to 1. Kenneth Branagh is 14 to 1. Hamaguchi, 25 to 1. And Paul Thomas Anderson is 33 to 1. I have no issue with Campion winning. Um, I do think those comments were so callous and so stupid. Like, just... There was no reason to say it like there. There no good can come from you saying anything along those lines anyway, doing it. It was just unbelievably one of the dumb, dumb things that I have seen. I will say <laughs> that this is the category that gave me the biggest surprise because Denny Villanueva was considered not only a very good chance to get nominated at one point it was considered a strong strong favorite and I would have nominated him here and I would have nominated him over Spielberg and Brana because I think Dune is a movie that works a lot because of his direction there's very good and it got nominated like everywhere else that you would expect that would lead to a best director nomination because all of the visual and all of the sound and all of the cinematography stuff Dune is there Yes. So you don't nominate the guy who was in charge of that stuff? I really don't get that. I think Brana getting the nomination here. And again, I really like Belfast. It's it's a movie that may, is, we'll talk about, I think, in a second. But if the movie's not in black and white, I don't think Kenneth Brana gets the Best Director nomination. I'm just <laughs> saying that right now. That the, 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 fact, the fact that the movie was in black and white and the Oscar people eat that you-know-what up Mm-hmm. Made that a nomination. I have, I have, I have no issue with Spielberg getting nominated either, because even if though I think that movie didn't need to be made, it's gorgeous. It is beautiful, and the pacing oh, yeah. of the movie is just fine. Oh, the um, dance, the the one shot in the gym, right? That's one continuous yeah. shot. It's gorgeous. It's great. I mean, that's great, yeah. right? To me, that's yeah. like you put that. If we're talking about the best shots of the year, the best scenes of the year, that's there with. Worst person in the world where time stops and she runs through, basically runs through Oslo. Yes. Which, by the way, best supporting actor in um, for worst person in the world would actually be the city of Oslo. And (laughs) the scene in Drive My Car, which we'll get to that movie in a moment, in the back Mm -hmm. of the car where he's talking to the young actor, um, that whole scene – that whole conversation, that movie's great, start to finish, basically. That scene, like those are the three scenes from the year where I'm like, yep, yep, just clip those. Those are your best director submissions right there for those. Yeah. And of course, two of those three didn't get nominated. No. Oh, no, one I, of those three. Sorry, one of those three didn't get nominated. Yeah, I mean, 
look, Campion's direction is is terrific, and I, I totally understand why she's going to win, and mm-hmm. I'm happy that another female is going to win. Yeah, she is great, right? None I, of this I, is about. I, I, you're not saying this. I'm not saying this. She's great. I think the movie's great. I actually like the movie quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 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 a tr- I, very good. I wish I could have seen it on a big screen, but unfortunately, that just wasn't a thing. I will say, Paul Thomas Anderson too is this is maybe his best directed film. Like it may mm-hmm. not be his best film. He has a lot of really, really good ones, but man, there are some sprawling shots that are just terrific. And I literally felt like I was transported into that time frame, which I think is a lot of that goes down to the direction. This is a really strong group. It's not like Kenneth Branagh directed um, some thing that you would watch on uh, Cinemax at four 30 in the afternoon type of thing. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not 10 pounds of, you know what, and a five pound, you know what, it's just, there were some real and Villanueva, I think is a massive snub. He really deserved a nomination for this, in this category. By the way, Liquor's Pizza also has a lot of running. For yes, one particularly does. great running scene. Right? What a terrible, it. what a terrible year for Tom Cruise not to have a movie, man. Because that's I think true. He would, <laughs> yeah, yes. he, would, he would have had lots of uh, lots of nominations. I think just based on everything he's done in his career. So before we jump to best picture, uh, which last category we'll cover in full, uh, I haven't seen Flea yet. For folks who don't know it, it is it has been nominated. It hit a uh, a new trifecta. It is nominated for best documentary feature. It is nominated for Best International Feature Film. It is Danish, uh, or submitted by Denmark, at least I should say. And it is nominated for Best Animated Feature Film. Uh, It is available, I believe, on Hulu. So we are going to watch it. We just haven't gotten around to it. We were finishing Best Picture. And actually, last night, finally watched Luca for the first time, which very near and dear to me as somebody who uh, my grandfather was born in Genoa. Not very, not far at all from, right? That's where she goes to school. It's not very far from their little town. So I was like, God, these are my people. I am very happy. (laughs) I would, I want, I have had Trenette al Pesto made for me by my cousins in Italy. Very nice. So um, talk about Flea and particularly. Do you think that has a chance to win any of these three? Because right now I don't think it's the favorite in any of the categories. I don't. And it's just, unfortunately, I think the thing it has the best chance to win in is the thing that it maybe shouldn't have gotten nominated in. And that's best documentary. I struggle calling this a documentary. It's Mm -hmm. a terrific movie that just been outside of my top 10 as well. Um, and by the way, talking about this, it's it's kind of like the Ben Zobrist of, uh, of nominees. It's, ah, yeah. uh, it is just very versatile to have to have all three of those. It's really spectacular. It's, oh, yeah. it's something I would imagine we won't ever see again. Um, it's very good. It's a very important story. I would recommend not knowing any plot details before going in because mm-hmm. Having a few things spoiled for me took it. And that's true about a lot of documentaries, actually, because a lot of what times what happens with the best documentaries is you're starting out making one type of story and it kind of transforms into another. It doesn't quite do this, but there is an element of surprise with this that I think is best left unsaid. But I, it's just it's a huge recommend for me. It's on Hulu right now. It is uh, free for uh, anybody to watch who has a a Hulu subscription, I, I would definitely recommend watching it. It just comes up a little short in all of the categories that it's nominated for. Like Summer of Soul to me is the best documentary of the year. And Absolutely. I put only second. And it's going to win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel and like it's it, going to win. And, and it should. Summer of Soul is, is an absolutely terrific documentary. Um, 
Animated, I, I have two movies above that I would put. I would put Luca and I would put Mitchell's First Machines above it. Mitchell's First Machines has no chance of winning. But no was, chance. Yeah, no, didn't even get a Golden Globe nomination. It, I was I, That honestly had me matter than a wet head. I remember you being say. mad. Yeah, I was very upset that that didn't get a nomination. But Encanto is going to end up winning that. And uh, foreign film, it's like Drive My Cars, the lock of lock of lock of locks. Um, but it's very, very good. It just comes up a little bit short in all of those categories. But man, I cannot recommend watching it enough. Um, and it's short and it's like an hour 20. So um, yep. not a movie that's going to take up a lot of your time. I would definitely recommend checking out Flea. So let's do Best Picture. Uh, I okay. will run through the nominations. Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Liquor's Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. May we start and spend one or two minutes talking about just how much Don't Look Up sucks. <laughs> it's not a good movie, man. And I'm, I got to tell you, I was a huge fan of like Adam McKay's other stuff coming into it. And I loved The Big Short. Loved, mm -hmm. loved, loved The Big Short. Vice was a, a little less. Vice is Citizen Flipping Kane compared to Don't Look Up. Oh my it God, is, yes. It actually makes me, this movie made me think more kindly of Vice. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's, that was not very good. Go. No, yeah. no. And, and honestly, like, talk about it. Uh, the performance of, of Bale really carries Vice a long way. Whereas the big short, perfect time for that movie to come out for one thing. And then it was such a unique and interesting way of telling that story that still, honestly, when I watch the movie makes my blood boil at how angry I get, but uh, I don't want to get kicked off this podcast. Um, <laughs> it's bad. It, the performances are bad. Like Leonardo DiCaprio is not good in this movie. And I would never think I would say that about a Leonardo DiCaprio performance outside of growing pains. And that just speaks to how old I am. <laughs> but um, it's not good. It's one note the definition of one note. It thinks it is giving you this brilliant satire. It's not everybody gets what, what, what you're trying to say with this movie. There's also a troubling um, to me tone of the movie. Whereas it's it's trying to me to tell talk a lot about cancel culture as well. And one, as someone who doesn't believe cancel culture is actually a thing, I have a huge problem with that message. And two, it's so obvious. Jonah Hill's character is one of the most annoying characters that I have seen on a screen. And the only positive thing I can say is that the uh, the mid credit scenes made me or the mid the scene in the mid credits made me even angrier because he's the one person who deserved to have something. I don't think I'm spoiling anything by saying it's this. fine. No, nobody should watch this movie if they haven't. It's, read it. it's really bad, man. And it's very disappointing that I think um, movies like this are always going to get nominated because it's a reward for these type of people coming together and um, making, I hated it, man. I, I really, 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 really hated it. I've seen, People on Twitter that I consider smart arguing that it's one of their favorite movies and it's been very hard to not reply. I was so angry watching. It's the last of the 10 Best Picture nominees that we watched. Oh. And I complain, my wife could vouch, um, I'm pretty sure I complained through 75% of the movie. <laughs> it, and I kept checking 
to see how much time was left. It's on not on Netflix. It still doesn't mean you should go watch it. No. But I kept checking. There's an hour left in this thing. Are you kidding yeah. me? Way well, too com- long. Can the comet just hit already? <laughs> like you're actively rooting for the extinction of humanity. Because like, let's just get this over with already. It is so bad. It is like getting hit over the head repeatedly with a sledgehammer. So, oh God! I, yeah, no, I got it. I I got it. I got Adam. I got it. And by the way, <laughs> you're preaching the choir. Yeah, right? that's this the is whole some thing, allegory man. for climate change and for humanity's inability to think for the long term. It's all about short term gain, short term benefit, or, or just avoiding short term pain, even if it's great long term benefit. I get it. I, I even wrote a book that's like tangentially related to some of those things. You don't need to make a movie to talk no. to me about that unless you just want a bunch of people like clap you on the back and be like, yeah. You tell them. No one else is getting converted by this. This is a movie no. that has no reason to exist at all. And it is such a series of terrible performances. What is Mike, Mark Rylance even doing in I this I don't movie? know. I don't know. Mark Rylance is bad in it. Jennifer Lawrence is bad in it. Oh, Meryl yes. Streep, the, the goat, is bad in this movie. And that yeah. speaks to, like, poor direction, man. And, again, I think Adam McKay is very talented. Um the big short go watch that twice instead of watching this this crap claptrap man it is easily the worst movie i've seen get nominated for best picture yeah it's pretty terrible um the uh one thing i'll say the running gag with the snacks yes isn't bad no it's okay yeah that that and that just speaks to that's what's frustrating too is because like it shows you that that Adam McKay can put together a as a an anchorman and anchorman two defender. I can tell you that Adam McKay is capable of producing, and I've heard really good things from most people about Winning Time as well, the new mm-hmm. Lakers series. So oh, right, it's not it's not a case of talent. It's just clearly Adam McKay might be one of those directors that needs to have somebody rein him in a little bit. Because he needs, it's like Aaron Sorkin. Right? Sure. Needs, oh God. Yeah. The, needs a better the, and Tarantino for that matter. Yeah, Since Tarantino's it, primary editor passed away, his, yes. But his movies are just they're just sprawling. Oh know? my it's, gosh. Yes. No, you just gotta bring it, <laughs> just bring it. So great. Great that you filmed whatever, four hours of footage, right? Can we cut this to 110 minutes? Speaking speaking of that, I will say the best thing about these best picture things is I was almost a hundred percent sure that being Ricardo's was going to get nominated and it wasn't. And I'm right. pretty thankful for that. No, I am pretty thankful for that. So what's going to win, right? Is it power of the dog or is something else? Does anything else have a chance here? Regardless whether it's because of Campion's comments or any other reason, does anything else have a chance? Cause that has been the favorite since about Christmas time. So just looking here on Vegas insider right now, and we're recording this at uh, 1154 Eastern, the power of the dog is the favorite. It is minus two fifty. Uh, Coda is second at plus 450. Belfast is third at plus 600. West Side Story, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, all between plus, tw- tw- plus 2,000 and plus 5,000. Dune also plus 5,000. Drive My Car also plus 5,000. Don't Look Up plus 6,600. And Nightmare Alley is the long shot of long shots at plus 10,000. Yeah, Nightmare Alley, also not that good, but I would watch that over Don't Look Up eight days a week. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, my, my issue with Nightmare Alley was that, um, it, it, again, a beautiful movie to look at. And Guillermo del Toro is just such a talented guy. I've, yeah. I've loved pretty much 
this is probably my least favorite Guillermo del Toro movie, but that's like, um, that's like saying that uh, I'm not creative enough to say it. It's, it's certainly a solid movie falls apart in the third act. And I think we both agree mm-hmm. on that with that a little bit, but um, I think the power of the dog is going to win. It's not the lock that I think it was maybe a month ago. I think Coda is rising and rising strong. I think it would be a weird winner. I, I really do. Um, I, I wouldn't like have a, a, a tremendous, like if, if don't look up one, I would have a, a much closer to a conniption compared to Coda. I think Belfast still has a slim chance. It would just be weird because it has won absolutely nothing coming into it. You need, usually need the momentum of like winning a bunch of awards coming into something in order to be the, the best to win best picture, even though there's different voting segments and stuff like that. You usually see a movie win. Coda has been winning a lot of stuff, but so is the power of the dog. It took the last two big ones, right? Yeah, Pro- the, was it Producers Guild and SAG? And that it, the Producers Guild one is a big one. It is a, I still think power of the dog ultimately wins it. It did get the BAFTA win, which I, I think is one of the best predictors. But I do think all three of those movies have a little bit of a shot. But if, if, if I was to make the bet, it would be on the power of the dog right now. I really wish that Drive My Car had a better chance. Um, that's clearly the best movie of the year. I think I need to just accept to be happy that it did get nominated, right? Sure. There, we're heading in the right direction here. It was used to be so unusual for a film not in the English language to get a Best Picture nomination. And then we had Parasite right. actually win, and it may be greedy. Oh, right? yeah. I think many years, my favorite movie is not one that's in the English language. Burning was my favorite movie of a couple of years ago. It actually didn't even get a Best International Feature nomination which it certainly should have um, oh god yeah also a also an adaptation of a haruki murakami story just like drive my car is although both do far more with they just take the the bare bones of of two very short stories by murakami and expand them into you know much more complex and frankly much more interesting stories mm-hmm. than that that is the one and nothing is going to win that's going to make me angry i think of the likely winners I would vote for Power of the Dog. If I actually had a ballot, I would certainly put Drive My Car at the top. So I will say this. I, when I saw I Drive My Car, about 10 minutes afterwards, I sent Keith a, a G-chat and said, I guarantee that you are going to love this movie. And yes, I you are correct. Wrong. Yeah, it is, it is so good. I will ask you this, Keith. Do you think it helps to be familiar with Uncle Vanya before watching this film? Oh, I think it would help a lot. In fact, yeah. as we were watching it, um, you know, watched it at home, it's on HBO Max, and also it's three hours, so I did not feel bad about firing up the computer and looking at things while we were doing it. And I was reading the um, the Uncle Vanya summary, and my wife is sitting next to me, and I was trying to like throw bits and pieces. Oh, this is this person. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. Because neither of us had ever seen it, read it, heard it. Uh, I think I've read maybe one selection of some Chekhov short stories and that's it. So I don't know his plays at all. Right. Um, I, you know, something about him and a gun. That's about all I got. And so to, to, yeah, I think it would help. Um, I think it also helps if you know, there's a brief scene at the beginning where the main character is directing and acting in a performance of waiting for Godot. And if you don't know if you, I mean, that's a little easier to get your head around, at least what the point of it is. Also, would be helpful. That's a pretty textured 
movie. There's a lot going on. It's three Very acts tactful. also. You would expect that. There's so much going on. It's just so well done. It's just consistently well executed. It is a really – it's ambitious. There are two movies this year that I thought beat all others just in terms of sheer ambition and then executing on that ambition. That's Dune and Drive My Car. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't disagree. I couldn't disagree with that. Um, I think that if if either of those movies won, again, I still don't get how Villeneuve is not nominated for. It's very weird. It's it's very odd. Now, my, the movie that I would vote for is Licorice Pizza. And mm-hmm. it was, to me, pretty easily the best movie of the year. Drive My Car was a, 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 a relative distant second. Um, I will say that I do get why people have some issues with licorice pizza in particular the japanese scene so it kind of comes down to with me i believe we're meant to laugh at the character who's doing that and not laugh with the character so that's why i don't have as big of issue with it but i am not the person who gets to set that if people found that um racist and uh, callous and unnecessary i can't argue with that because it's not my job to set that to me, the reason that it works, in my personal opinion, is because we are meant to laugh at John Michael Higgins being an absolute idiot rather than laughing at how funny it is that he is doing a horrifically unnecessary, archaic Japanese accent. Yeah, and he's apparently based on a real person. Right. Which it, doesn't for Again, I'm with you. Yes. Not forgiving. No, no, it's, it, it's a scene... And I'll be honest with you, too. It's bothersome. It, it is. It, it is something that you, it, for people who have, I, I feel terrible for people who have, I think you know what I'm trying to say here. It, it, yep. it's, it's a scene that could have been cut out, too. It would have been just fine. The movie would have still been a tremendous film without it. Um, I think that the cinematography in that film is just unbelievably good. I think the chemistry between Hoffman and Heim and maybe Haim is somebody we should have talked about too as being a snub in this movie because her performance, mm-hmm. especially as a, perf- uh, I came into this movie a bit skeptical because I think the band Haim sucks. It is not music. For, <laughs> it is it is not music for Christopher Crawford. It's just not. Ah, um, yes. but, they said that actually in the credits on their last album. <laughs> I, I appreciate the, uh, the any footnote in any album, even if it's from even if Twenty One Pilots wants to shout out Christopher Crawford, I'm okay with that. But. I think the performances are so good in that movie. I've talked to some folks who have had issues with licorice pizza because they struggle kind of to see the point. I think not seeing the point is kind of the point of that movie. Like I talked to a buddy, he's like, so wait, he's an actor and now he's selling hot t- or water beds and now he's doing pinball. I don't really get, it. I think that's kind of the point of the, of how life changes and how ambitions change. And like, I, I, I think Cooper Hoffman, I Cannot wait to see oh, what he does so next, good. man. He he's is so good. So good. <laughs> and um, and the, just again, I go back to the chemistry that those two characters have. I mean, it is just such a beautiful movie, and it's laugh out loud funny. It might be laugh out loud funny more than any Paul Thomas Anderson movie I've seen since Punch Drunk Love. Um, because he's, I mean, he does have a sense of humor, but sometimes when you when you think of Paul Thomas Anderson, you may not be thinking about the giggles that you're gonna have watching it. Yeah, like but Phantom it, Thread. Uh, exactly. Not. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a dark, funny movie in some ways, but it's not exactly a movie that uh, 
is going to be nominated for best comedy at the Golden Globes. But yeah, I, I, I think this is a solid group of movies. Um, I don't know if there's any movie that I'm going to come back to other than Licorice Pizza and maybe Drive My Car. I'd really like to give Drive My Car another watch too. It ended up second on my list, but I will admit that a three-hour movie, I'd kind of like to be able to sit through it all in one. I could not do um, the whole thing together. I think it's important if you can try to get the whole thing through. I know sometimes they put intermissions in these things. Apparently the Batman has an intermission in some places because it's two hours and 55 minutes. But long story short, which is, I guess, a pun, uh, both of those movies would be just fine for me winning, but I don't think they have any shot. So let's wrap with, and we kind of already hinted at both of ours, but why don't you give me your top 10 movies for 2021, at least so far, right? Because we could always see more. Yeah, we could. Uh, yeah, go from, go take us from 10 to 1. Okay, so from in order from 10 to 1 or backwards, I guess. Uh, 10 is Summer yes. of Soul, 9, The Green yep. Knight, 8, Dune, mm-hmm. 7, Power of the Dog, Six Belfast, five in the Heights, four Mitchells vs. Machines, three worst person in the world, two drive my car, and one licorice pizza. Ah, we have a fair amount of overlap here. Uh, for me, it's ten is come on, come on, uh, nine Red Rocket, eight Passing, seven The Power of the Dog, six Summer of Soul. Glad we agree on that. Mm-hmm. Five Parallel Mothers, four Licorice Pizza, three The Lost Daughter, two Dune, and one Drive My Car. So, so we're very close on the, on the top. Um, yep. Belfast. Honestly, licorice pizza was, it, yeah. it, it's that one. The John Michael Higgins thing just made me I, back I, off I, a little bit. Cause I just don't, right. It's like you said, it's not our place. No, but it, I've seen enough commentary that, that has made me say, you know, I need to, I need to respect people who are basically saying, yeah, this is wrong. A hundred percent. Yep. And so that was me, you know, there's no right answer it, it, to me. It's, do you take it off? Where do you? How far do you knock it down? I'm trying to basically. This is some King Solomon solution, which is not great, but yeah. that's where I ended up. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's and that's uh, you know we talk about uh, Keith when we're watching baseball players. We, we, you see what you see. Mm-hmm. It's the it ends up going into the report, and if if that, I can totally understand why people have issues with it. And again, if I was Paul Thomas Anderson, I would just cut both of those scenes out. Um, so Belfast is the one that I think is like the most that we kind of disagree with. And I get it like Belfast. If it does not hit you emotionally, then it is not going to be a top 10 movie for you. It is. It absolutely got me in the fields and that was enough for me to put it in. And on top of, I do think that the film is well-directed and well-paced. And I think um, I forget the name of, of the young boy, but I think he gives an excellent performance um he is great you know the girl his uh his little lady love in the class there who he barely talks to um <laughs> I forget her name um that's david tennant's daughter oh no kidding that's yeah. awesome uh but it is awesome by the way yeah. it was funny that uh with coda that we both forgot or it was hard for us to realize a movie we both loved sing street that that was the uh yes oh yeah. my god everybody yeah. if you haven't seen sing street go oh, watch sing so street good. one of the best musicals of the last 10 20 years it is it's so oh my god, good. It's great so good yeah so miles from coda it plays the lead in yeah, sing street absolutely. that movie is just fun i it's just still so listen fun. to the songs from it all the time i, I put drive on it like you stole it yeah drive it like you stole it and uh she lets me up are two of the things that I, I replay all of the time. Um, yep. In the Heights is a movie I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit too. I, I think it really got hurt by that release date, as we said, 
Yeah, but it's it was twelfth so, on my list. It is so beautiful, and it is the performances are so good. I also will say this: I understand the the controversy there as well that the the not everybody in that community felt included. And again, I we, Keith and I do not get to judge uh, what. Uh, what offends people and what uh, includes inclusion. But I just thought it was so beautiful. The songs are so like, I like Hamilton, but I think the music in the Heights is so much better in part because it's not the same that the, that the, that the, there's an actual variety to me. And all again, I really like Hamilton and I think it's an important thing for everybody to watch, but I think in the Heights, it certainly works better as a movie too, because it has more chance to, change set stuff. I imagine that Hamilton would probably have to be like a three hour movie directed by Martin Scorsese or something like that. If you were actually to take everything and film it out, I, I think in the Heights is so good. And Mitchell's first the machines again, too, is a movie that um, got very little fan play because it was just a direct Netflix movie. It's one of the funnest animated films I've ever seen. And it has a terrific message. Um, Abby Jacobson is one of my favorite performers, so it's great to hear. Danny McBride, who I've been kind of hit and miss with at times, um, is very good in it. I think Mitchell's First Machines is one of the best, one of the funnest movies, and some, sometimes you just got to love some fun. Yep, I completely agree with that. Uh, my guest today has been the great... Chris Crawford. I say that about every guest, so don't let it go to your head. <laughs> Thank you, sir. You can find him on Twitter at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B and read his work on baseball. He actually writes about baseball, so do I sometimes, oh. over at NBC Sports Edge. Chris, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining me. See you soon, buddy. That's all for this week's show. Thanks so much for listening. Keep an eye out for me later this week to start posting some actual in-person scouting notebooks. Once I get out to Arizona, it will be very very good to get back out to the ballpark. Thanks again, everyone. Stay safe. Stay safe.